Hello and welcome to another episode of our Brothers Creed podcast where we talk about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We are the Thomas Brothers and I am Jared. And I'm Ethan. And today's episode we're going to talk about presidential pardons. Uh, there's been quite a few presidents since the beginning of the United States of America and each one of those presidents has uh, in some way, shape, or form pardoned somebody who uh, was in need of that pardon, who has done some sort of criminal act or who was under uh, suspicion or in prison or going to prison and uh, the, the the president at the time felt necessary to intervene sometimes for good reasons sometimes for the welfare of the, of the American people sometimes and sometimes for the welfare of themselves <laughs> sometimes for like the most minuscule of things like I think I saw one it was like I can't remember what it was, but it was like the guy did something so minuscule. It was like he, it was like he stole like something out of a convenience store or something like that. And it was like in 1990. No, oh no, it was he turned the odometer back on a car in 1989, and uh, he had been serving in prison for who knows how long. And so the president pardoned him. Yeah, yeah. So, so sometimes they're, they're just like stupid laws. That the, the you know the president can say okay. Yeah, that was that guy got railroaded, right? Yeah. I mean, he shouldn't be sitting in jail ten years later for something changing that, an odometer yeah, back yeah, yeah. or whatever else. Um, and so there's we we have a bunch of we're gonna kind of talk about the history a little bit. We're gonna talk about some of the presidents throughout history and how many people they have pardoned and what reasons. And then um, we're gonna go through and share some specific examples of some interesting stories uh, of of pardons that have happened in the United States. Yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. All right, Sparta. What is your profession? Any man who must say I am the king is no true king. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! Let us all unite! Let us fight for a new world! A decent world! So when we're talking about the concept of of pardoning someone, this concept goes back a long ways, all the way back to the seventeen mid seventeen hundreds, BC. That is, you don't hear much from the, that era. So the ancient code of I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's Hammurabi, Hammurabi, from Babylon. It's kind of like Harambe, isn't that the, the the girl that got shot? Like, yeah, I don't think it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so similar to that. Um, <laughs> um, so it, it said in that code, if a man's wife be um, surprised in a with another man, or if she gets basically caught in adultery, uh, both shall be tied and thrown into the water. Uh, but the husband may pardon his wife and the king his slaves. So, and that that was one of the things in this, and it's interesting. This the reason why they have this is because it was like carved into this like um, marble like pillar, tablet tablet. It, it was it was kind of a it was just a big it's like a cylinder type thing and all these rules are etched around it because uh, apparently they were posted around the city so people could know the rules right. So that there's this concept of like pardoning and we talk about the founders of our co- country, United States of America. Um, there was a lot of debate over whether to include a presidential pardon or not. Alexander Hamilton was for it, uh, and George Mason of Virginia, 
He was represented for Virginia, was against it. Hamilton eventually prevailed in the argument, uh, and there were uh, that there are times. His argument was that there are times when the welfare of the government requires it, uh, so that it could move forward. Uh, and so pardons are typically typically done for one of two reasons, ideally. <laughs> For what the founders of our country had in mind was one the public public welfare. So say, hey, as a country, we need to move past this, and we're going to talk about a couple of those examples. And then for the other one was mercy. So somebody serving you know years and years in prison for changing an odometer on their on a car back and then trying to sell it, you know that's dishonest. But you know maybe a little bit of mercy is is given. So presidential pardons can only apply actually to federal crime, federal criminal issues. Uh, people who are in trouble with the state uh, need to be pardoned by the governor. So, uh, only if you, and it's not civil, only criminal uh, cases that are against you. There's a, a actually a formal procedure to recru- to request a presidential pardon. Uh, you can send a, a request to the Department of Justice, and then they'll pass it on to the president, which is the office of the president. Uh, however, in recent years, it's not really how it works anymore. It's just kind of like you know, if you pay enough. If you're connected well enough, you might get it. Uh, the Supreme Court can do nothing about it. Congress can do nothing about it. Uh, and so it's kind of a special, unique privilege only that the executive branch has. So you're, you might be th- thinking, well, where does this come from? It comes from Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1 of the Constitution of the United States of America. And it says uh, that the President of the United States, quote, shall have power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. Uh, presidential pardons, there are two, two kind of two things you'll typically hear about is presidential pardons and commutations. So a pardon is a complete forgiveness of a crime, and it restores full rights of citizenship. People who have been committed of a crime forfeit certain rights, say the right to vote or hold public office, but because a pardon wipes that out, um, those rights are then restored. So it's almost like a pardon, this is what someone had said about it, a pardon reaches both the punishment prescribed for the offense and the guilt of the offender. And when the pardon is full, it releases the punishment and blots out the existence, the guilt, of out of existence, the guilt, so that in the eyes of the law, the offender is innocent as if he had never committed the offense. So if you think about it almost in like a, Interesting. Religious way. It's like if God, you know, saves you, it's almost as if you've never done it. You shall remember it no more. Yeah, exactly. Your sins shall be remembered no more. Although they'll be red as scarlet, they'll be white as snow, right? Yeah. So in the early days of the pardon, it was assumed that the power included the power to pardon specific classes and communities in mass. And uh, we'll we'll talk about some of those examples uh, in a few minutes. So then there's the second part, which is a commutation. So this is reduces or deletes the, the sentence, but keeps the conviction. This person does not have any rights restored because the conviction stays on the record. So um, the U.S. Now that that part, this part's a little bit different. Uh, it's had to be interpreted by the Supreme Court because, as I read earlier from the Constitution, it doesn't really talk about commutations specifically. So this is what the Supreme Court has said about that. Uh, They've interpreted the language in Article 2 of the Constitution to indicate, to include the power to grant many different forms of clemency. 
generally less sweeping than a full pardon, including not only pardons, but also conditional pardons, commutations of sentence, conditional commutations of sentences, uh, remission of fines, forfeitures, and other criminal financial penalties, respites, and reprieves, and amnesties. So, you know, it kind of expanded that a little bit more to what that means. And uh, so that's, that, any questions? That's kind of the history of pardons. Yeah, interesting. So a, part, a pardon is like, uh, you know, it's complete forgiveness yeah. in a, in a commutation is more of like a, a reduction of a sentence yeah it's like you're done like you know there was like yeah so it's like you're, you're you get, done you get 40 you serve years, five years you, you, serve, you serve five years of your uh 20 years in prison for changing the odometer back you know you're done good. yeah you're, you're done you did you still did it we still acknowledge that you did it but you're done yeah. i think there was a, a lady there was a lady with i don't know her name but when trump was in office and she had some kind of minor marijuana charge uh, and she had been in prison for like 15 years. I think it was a it was an African American lady yeah, who she, yeah, yeah. And, and he commuted her sentence and said, "Hey, this is you, we shouldn't you, have people in jail for 15, 20 years who have for a minor well, uh, minor yeah, marijuana charges. possession that was and uh, t- ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. so th- that's the kind of that that's that mercy part uh, that, that that they talk about, and that's a commutation of her sentence. Yeah, I've always I've always kind of thought it was interesting that you know sometimes the laws change. And it's like, you know, for example, marijuana laws in the 70s or 80s are different than marijuana laws now. And so it's like you yeah. could have people still in prison from, you know, the 80s or the 90s that they're still in prison today for uh, issues with uh, certain things that maybe today would not even be that big of a deal. Yeah, depending on the state you're in. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, you know, I've always thought, well, then should they go back and should they say, okay, well, this is... I mean, they broke the law when it was the law back then, but now the law has been changed. So should they like re-review those those uh, sentences and be like, okay, well, the law has changed. We, you know, you're. You I know. think so. I think they I should. Think, I think so. I mean, our laws are not written in stone, and, and like, I think if any, they're changing yeah. a law, and then like, you know, and they go back and say, okay, well, maybe these people who were demons the minute before, but then after we pass a law. Now they're okay. We we have to, we have to revise. Yeah, yeah. So. I think it's, I think that's interesting. So, um, so there have been approximately twenty thousand presidential pardons uh, and commutations in uh, the uh, history of the United States, um, and this goes all the way back to George Washington, right, all the way up to uh, uh, Joe Biden. What do you want to tell Joe Biden right now? <laughs> Joe Byron. <laughs> What's up, baby? <laughs> Save so, me out to dinner. So uh, uh, I'm just going to kind of walk through so, some of the the big hitters, let's say. Uh, I'm not going to go through every single um, president of the United States and how many people that they they pardoned. Um, but uh, this little fact factoid to start out with, uh, from George Washington all the way until Grover Cleveland, who was in, um, in office in 1889, all pardons were handwritten by the President of the United States. They were all handwritten, uh, personalized. Uh, after Grover Cleveland, uh, it got to a point to where the pardons were prepared for the President by the administration, and then the President just had to just had to sign them. Hmm. Um, so that was kind of interesting, Getting like a specific, like a written pardon letter, handwritten letter from the President of the United States. Yeah. Um, all the way up until the you know late 
1800s. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense because they didn't really have like printers and stuff, but yeah, or emails. So they had to write it anyway. I mean, there, there was printers. They could have had a secretary write Yeah, it, there was printers, but it wasn't as prevalent as, as today. So uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. So starting with uh, George Washington. So in, in this, this number that I'm going to share, this is combinations of uh, pardons and... Um, Commutations. Commutations. So it's it's both of them. So he either pardoned the person or uh, reduced their sentence in one form or another. Uh, so George Washington had 16. Thomas Jefferson. And these are in order, but obviously I'm skipping some presidents between the few. So uh, Thomas Jefferson had 119. Andrew Jackson had 386. Abraham Lincoln had 384. Uh, the, the president after Abraham Lincoln was Andrew Johnson. Obviously, we know Abraham Lincoln was the president through the Civil War, right? So the next president was Andrew Johnson, and he pardoned 654 people. But that does not include the thousands of, of uh, pardons for ex-Confederate soldiers um, that he pardoned as well. So I guess in, in an effort to reunify the country after the civil war uh president andrew johnson offered a pardon to all ex-confederate troops that were willing to uh, verbally pledge their allegiance to the united states government yeah um and so it was kind of interesting i thought that it was kind of like a mass pardoning right yeah well some some people that didn't pardon i was actually that was that was that piece right there was a major kind of uh that was a major happening with the presidential pardons because at the time, a lot of people in the the, the union or the United States, I guess, uh, because it was no longer the union, uh, they were like, well, we can't have, they were saying, the argument was a presidential pardon can't absolve someone from being a confederate because, uh, because they said, well, you can't hold public office if you were previously a Confederate. Yeah, and that wasn't necessarily a rule, but there's like that's the that's not the kind of character to people that we want to have in public office. Yeah. Well, so that that goes into the next one here. So that was Andrew Johnson, um, but the next president of the United States was Ulysses S. Grant, who was the main general for the Union Army during the Civil War. Mm-hmm. So he was the next president, and he pardoned one thousand three hundred and. Uh, 32 people. But one thing that he did is that he actually solved that issue that you were talking about. So uh, he pardoned all but 500 former top Confederate leaders um, when he signed something called the Amnesty Act of 1872. I guess there were some certain stipulations that like 500 of the I guess the higher up people of the Confederate Army did not qualify for this Amnesty Act, uh, but everyone else that was a conf- you know involved in the Confederacy was pardoned, and so the the the, the Amnesty Act of eighteen seventy two reversed most of the penalties that were imposed on former Confederate soldiers by the Fourteenth Amendment. So Section three of the Fourteenth Amendment prohibited the election or appointment of to any federal or state office of any person who held any certain offices and then engaged in insurrection, rebellion, or treason. So basically, anyone who was a member of the Confederate States of America in any form could not 
apply or could not hold any federal or state office. And so anyone who's going to be in the government basically is going to be all people represented that were, you know, there's going to be no representation from the, the, what was the Confederate States of America. I just put something together in my mind. Uh, I read an article today that, you know, that guy, the Senator, he's in his Cawthorn. He's in a wheelchair. Yeah. So they're trying to say that he is in breach of that 14th amendment because he, uh, opposed the certification of the election results, and they that was they, what they consider, well, some consider treason. Yeah. And so, therefore, he should not hold public office. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, is that it's specifically stated in there, insurrection, right? Yeah. And, and there's, that's the word that gets thrown around on this January 6th, the Insur- insurrection, or the, what is that one Democrat, this is the guy who was talking about it, and the erection, I mean, insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> he said that, like, on the Senate floor. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like corrected himself was like oh geez <laughs> yeah so this whole insurrection thing oh if anybody supported this insurrection on the capitol on january 6th and all this other kind of stuff they shouldn't hold office well yeah they they, they quote this but and I actually didn't pull up the the third section of the 14th amendment i don't know if it still states this same thing and i don't know i guess the amnesty act kind of 1872 reversed that for specifically confederate soldiers so maybe it is it is still in there um but it was just a presidential it was just pardon presidential pardon for allowed, allowed for the confederate soldiers so i thought that was really interesting and that's part of what the presidential pardons are for is to help the country move forward yeah well and i think that really was a truly great thing because then the i mean yeah we had separation in the states but there was need for unification after the Civil War, and there was there was tons of animosity. Oh yeah, I mean we talked about our you know Hatfields and McCoys episode. There was yeah. you know the 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 whole thing started off between animosity between a former Union soldier and then the Confederate soldiers. Yeah, um, so to to keep that to 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 keep these to have all these Southern states in the Union and then say well you can't even hold representatives office. from your area can't hold office anymore, then it's like. Well, well, I guess we'll just rebel again, you know? It's just like, well, you, yeah. you, you got to make some peace and some concessions. Yeah, so. yeah. And so I just thought it was interesting, too, that it was Ulysses S. Grant who who, who kind of saw that yeah. um, and, and did it uh, after uh, Andrew Johnson, who, who was after the Abraham Lincoln as well. So uh, interesting fact there. The next one was uh, Grover Cleveland with 1,107. Um, Woodrow Wilson, 2,480. Herbert Hoover... The vacuum, vacuum guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Home Alone reference. Um, uh, 1,385. Franklin D. Roosevelt. He has the most listed on, on the list, uh, the highest of all presidents uh, by, I guess it depends on how you look at it, but um, there's probably more than 3,000. So it's 3,687. Ulysses S. Grant probably pardoned more people than three thousand with his uh, Blank, at, with his blanket mass, yeah. blanket mass Confederate pardon. Um, but it but was resp- these were spe- specifically FDR three thousand six hundred eighty seven. So that's quite a few. Yeah. Um, the next one was Jimmy Carter. He pardoned uh, five hundred and sixty six uh, people, um, but actually he actually ended up pardoning. More than that. Yeah, so I I had looked into that one. In 1977, he offered a blanket pardon to Vietnam War draft dodgers uh, during his you know, first first full day in office. So this is, you know, most of the time, these pardons just get dumped like the last day in office. 
but basically this allowed thousands of young men to return to U.S. from Canada and other countries that they had fled because they didn't want to go to Vietnam. Uh, so it was kind of a controversial move. Uh, I wonder if that was one of his like uh, campaign points. I wonder if he said he was going to do have that. Must have been. Yeah. I uh, mean, that's, I, I, I think that's really interesting. I think that's, you know, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, he's a presidential, uh, president, President Gerald Ford in 1974 offered conditional amnesty to troops who deserted during the war, a more serious crime that could result in death penalty if they worked two years in a public service job. Yeah. So that was a conditional pardon. Uh, for deserters of war. For deserters, and this, you know, these people are who just dodged the draft. Um, you know, I, I think in hindsight, it's, it's very hard to say. In hindsight, looking back at Vietnam, and I'm not a Vietnam expert, but I feel like the whole thing was just a total crapshoot, and we just basically failed, and like we didn't really need to be there, and it was just total nonsense. Yeah. And then I think the principle of uh, of dodging the draft is. Uh, uh, I think that the principle of it is bad. Uh, you know, supporting your country is 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 the the right thing to do. Um, but if your country is doing the wrong thing, I think that's the question. Yeah, it's like if, like if if you're dodging the draft because you don't want to go uh, fight the Japanese when they're attacking Pearl Harbor, or fight the Germans, uh, that's a little bit different. But when you're going to fight an enemy that doesn't really maybe pose that much of a threat was to it your maybe, own country, was it maybe more of a political war than? I, I guess I don't know the the in depth reasons of Vietnam. I, I think it was pretty complex, but um, yeah. Well, we're just gonna save the Vietnam people from the Viet Cong, you know. So yeah, I don't know. I I, I think it's kind it, of a hard thing. I think, I, I but think I think it's one of those peace things, you know. I think like, inevitably it's a good thing that he did it. It's just kind of a, a peace thing. It's like, hey, come yeah. back. You, you, like you're you're still wanted in this country. Yeah. Maybe we made a mistake, like with this yeah. whole Vietnam thing. Well, and I think a lot of those people probably were, uh, you know, people that were able to contribute lots to society. But I there mean, were people maybe. that did a lot of stuff to get out of the draft. I mean, they. I heard one story about a guy putting like green jello all over his body so that his body would turn all green. He showed up all sickly, and they're like, "Dude, you're <laughs> you denied." Ain't going, yeah, he's like, "Oh, thank you," you know, <laughs> and uh, so. Yeah, so it's I, I, I had here, I don't know if you said how many, but I think they said it was over two, uh, around 200,000. Um, yeah, but, but they imagine were part of that part. Imagine your son being called up to go, and then your neighbor is, you know, their son, they are like, oh, well, we're going to just leave the country because. Yeah. And so there's like this sense of duty, you know, when duty yeah. calls. I can, uh, I can understand both sides. I can imagine coming back. Like, you know, whenever he made that pardon, you have a kind of an influx of people coming back and you're like, oh, you know, Jimmy, you know, you're 26 years old and I haven't seen you for the past five years. You know, what I was Barbados. Yeah. How was uh, how was the moon? Right. It's just like, where have you been? I mean, I can understand how there potentially was like some hostility. Oh, it was good. Yeah. How's Timmy doing? Yeah. Timmy died in Vietnam. Oh, about that. Yeah. That's yeah. why I didn't go. I mean, that would that would be hard. But that'd be hard. I wonder, so, I wonder how many people actually came back. You know, I don't know. Um, so now it kind of got on to some of the, uh, I'd say, more modern dayish presidents. Well, we missed us, we, we missed one that I had. Okay, uh, go ahead. So in 1858, President Buchanan pardoned the Mormons. So uh, for those of you who don't know, the Mormons were a group of a uh, religious group of people that were kind of persecuted uh, in the late in the mid 1800s. Uh, and they eventually made their way west uh, on the Mormon Trail, uh, which is rightly named, uh, to Salt Lake City. Settled and in Utah. Settled in Utah. And when they were in Utah, which at the time, 
it wasn't Utah. It was just middle of. It was actually in Mexico, uh, and there was some disputes uh, with uh, the Mormons. Uh, they had been persecuted this whole way, and basically they went west to escape this persecution. And there was the uh, Mountain Meadows Massacre, where you know a group of settlers uh, somehow got in a tough with some of the with some of the members of the church that lived in that area, and they ended up just they had a gunfight. Yeah, a gun lot of people died. They killed a bunch yeah. of these people, uh, and so that is uh, hotly debated uh, about what exactly happened with that, uh, but. Essentially, there was like this uh, kind of war between the U.S. and, and the Mormons. Uh, it wasn't like a hot war. It was kind of like a cold war. And the, the U.S. government sent out a, a bunch of troops at one point um, to, to Salt Lake to check out, see what was going on. And, you know, there was there was nothing going on. And they, actually, they were just living. They actually, you know, they were building a temple at the time, but they were afraid that the government would burn down the temple, so they buried it. Yeah, they uh, had, they had. I think they had like all the foundation and everything. Yeah, built. they buried so they, it, and then uh, the government came, and there was just a field there instead of a temple. And they're like, okay, well, it's fine. And then they left, and they actually discovered that in doing that, that the foundation was compromised and it had cracked, and so they had to pull out all the sandstone foundation and then replace it with granite blocks. So interesting. But Buchanan's basically prop, pr- pardon said that he was offering to the inhabitants of Utah who shall submit to the laws of. Fr- a free pardon for the seditions and treasons herefore by them committed. So, um, you know, he just is kind of probably, I yeah. think a lot of these kind of unification thing. It's just like, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it didn't, uh, apparently there was, there was a hundred non-member, a hundred migrants in, in route to California that were killed in the 1857 mountain meadows massacre. Yeah. So, uh, interesting, uh, one of those mass pardons. Yeah. So, looking at more modern day presidents, um, I went to uh, George H. W. Bush. So, this is Senior. George W.'s dad. Uh, he pardoned seventy seven people. Um, Bill Clinton, who I think we have a couple examples from him, he pardoned four hundred and fifty nine. George W. Bush pardoned two hundred. Barack Obama pardoned one thousand nine hundred and twenty seven. Uh, Donald Trump pardoned 237, and uh, Joe Biden... Pardon, all these are pardoned and committed. Pardoned and committed. C- yeah, commuted. Com- commuted. Commutated. Uh, However you uh, say it. Commutations, yeah. Commutations, yeah. Commu- so pardoned... Commuted, and, commuted sentences. Commuted sentences, yeah. Um, uh, Donald Trump was 237, and Joe Biden, I think, is... Uh, he's only been in office for a year at this time, so... I think zero thousand or so. Yeah, like ten thousand. Um, <laughs> so so zero. One of the so one of the ones I, I got to talk about, and you you do this one too. So let me know what you think. So one of the Clinton pardons, and and this is where I feel like we've gone seriously off the rails on a crazy train with some of these pardons, uh, away from these all these good feel good things of mercy and 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 mass good for the country. Uh, anybody who has listened to the show for any amount of episodes probably knows we're not a good big fan of the Clintons. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway th- this one uh guy mark rich uh mark rich was a um fugitive billionaire uh who was uh let's see and he fled to switzerland in 1983 after he was 
indicted for evading $48 million in taxes and buying $200 million of Iranian oil in violation of the U.S. embargo during the 1979 hostage crisis. So tax evasion and embargo, $50 million of tax evasion. Yeah, and so he goes to Switzerland, and then in uh, the year 2000, his wife is um, his ex-wife, actually Denise Rich. She's like, oh, you know, I want to rescue my ex-husband. So she uh, during she, this is during the presidency yeah. of President Clinton. Yeah, she gave three hundred twenty-five thousand to the to the Democratic Party, as well as a hundred thousand dollars to the Clinton Library. And and then that was just that year. In total, she ended up giving over a million dollars to the Democratic Party and over four hundred fifty thousand to the Clinton Library. And so then I saw too that she also donated a hundred thousand dollars in to Hillary Clinton's campaign to run for New York Senate as well. Yeah, and then the presidential pardon. Uh, and this was all. Came. This was all happened. Yeah, all that came, and then and they said, "Oh, I think we'll." We'll pardon your husband. Yeah. Oh, well, he was a good guy. He was a good guy. Yeah. He, he was just misunderstood. Don't worry about the $48 million in tax evasion and $200 million in Iranian oil that he shouldn't have. Oh, but basically bought from terrorists, right? They're terrorists. Yeah. Uh, and then the New York Times, which we know is not the most conservative of newspapers, called it, quote, a shocking abuse of presidential power, close quote. <laughs> interesting. So pretty interesting. So uh, I have another Bill Clinton story. Um, and actually, to go along with the one you just said, that was done on uh, his final day in office. Yeah. So that pardon happened on his final day in office. And this this other one also happened on his last That's day. That's when they stole the furniture out of the White House. Yeah. So this also happened on his last day in office. So uh, Bill Clinton, he pardoned his brother, his well, his half-brother, Roger Clinton Jr., uh, who was his half-brother, uh, after he served a year in federal prison for cocaine possession and trafficking of cocaine, right? So uh, his brother served a year in prison for cocaine possession and trafficking of cocaine. Um, well, it, was, it was his brother or brother-in-law? It, well, no, it was his half-brother. Okay. So it was his brother. Yeah. It was his brother from another mother, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but well, he on, his, be, on his last day in It would office, be a brother from another father, technically. Well... Could be. Oh, wait. either way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, either yeah. way. <laughs> so, but the interesting thing was he he only served a year in prison, um, but then he was out of prison and he went doing up all his all his other stuff. But he was having a lot of trouble, like because uh, he had these like this whole like massive stain on his record, and so uh, Bill Clinton just basically pardoned him of all of these things so that it would completely be expunged from his record so that he'd have a completely clean record. Uh, you know, did that the day before he left office. You know that if he didn't have done if he wouldn't have done that that wouldn't have been for the good of the country. So, yeah, I'm surprised they just didn't give him a job at the Clinton Foundation and just have him live a cush well, life. He probably does, but he probably does have a lot. Uh, actually, I think he's he was like an actor or something like that. He played and produced in like a bunch of movies or something. And oh, really? these aren't like adult movies either. These are like like <laughs> act, like actual movies. Um, so I just thought it was interesting. But yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds, of, and and I think too, I mean, we were just talking about Bill Clinton specifically, just because that was the one of the first ones, but. I mean, I think, I don't think it's particularly dependent upon party that like, oh, all of the, 
the Democrats are are taking care yeah. of their own. The Republicans are worrying about the country. You know, I don't think that's. I think both of them. I think there's probably some pardons that Bill Clinton did that were probably legitimate and that they, that were needed. You yeah. know, and there's you know obviously criticism on both sides. Uh, you know, Trump pardoned several people. Roger Stone, uh, who was indicted for several things. Um, yeah. And he, Michael he pardoned, Flynn, he, he pardoned, pardoned Mike, some people around Michael the Flynn. whole Russia stuff, and which all ended up being a hoax anyway. So yeah, so but I think that what got those guys busted wasn't anything to do with Russia because no, that was totally a lie. Is it? It was were, other personal stuff that they were doing. It was other personal stuff, and a lot of Bannon. It was, he also um, uh, he also pardoned Bannon. Yeah, a lot. A lot of it was uh, perjury before um, the Senate or, or whatever else that they 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 lied. Basically, they told lies under oath, and a lot of that well, was Hillary why Clinton has done that many times. <laughs> and, and and then we asked Comey, "Hey, what wipe. about the time when she lied under oath?" Oh, we weren't investigating that. Wipe like with a cloth? Yeah. <laughs> you mean like with a cloth? Did oh you my wipe, gosh! Did you wipe the emails? Yeah, like with a cloth. Yeah. Um, so this is I had one for a couple for Trump actually. So uh, one of the people that Trump. Um, Trump pardoned a couple people that were um, kind of were in some some situations during the Afghan war that um, and in Iraq and everything that kind of had some questionable circumstances. Whether they were there was one guy that had ordered some of his soldiers to fire on and to kill some um, some. Afghani men that were sitting by a motorcycle and they weren't they weren't hostile supposedly and then so there's there's kind of all this questionable stuff that went on that they were court-martialed immediately when it happened but there was a bunch of other extenuating circumstances one of the ones was Eli Gallagher uh he allegedly stabbed um a 17 year old ISIS um detainee so it was somebody that they had uh there was captured a, one of these ISIS guys he stabbed him and then he took a picture of uh, of himself in front of the corpse and sent uh, texted it to his buddy and, and said I got him with my hunting knife don't ever take a picture with a corpse <laughs> and and so it was like I mean yeah that's maybe I, I don't know what the whole situation was or but he was basically just I guess boasting that he had killed this guy but he was and ISIS insurgent, and so there was all these questions about, well, was he detained before or after he stabbed yeah. him, and all there's those questionable stuff. So Trump pardoned him. Um, uh, speaking of kind of that, the same thing, I, I've heard about there were, you know, I've actually heard several stories recently about soldiers posting pictures with their dead, uh, with the bodies of the mm-hmm. people that they've killed, uh, and them being just totally disowned by that there was a a, a french sniper one time who shot a guy from like over a mile away uh, and then he it was like the, one of the longest shots ever taken and then they went and flew over there and he took pictures with the dead bodies and it was like hey we don't we don't do that and so he was it wasn't yeah. recognized as the furthest kill shot because he did that yeah that's a story that i've heard i don't know if that's true or not that's what no I, I definitely agree i think there's actually there's uh there's been yeah, don't do that. <laughs> right? There's That's been, terrorist type activity. Yeah, there's been people that have uh, That's jihadi John type activity. Yeah, there was stuff where they uh they were in a uh, some soldiers were in a firefight and um they had the the enemy had killed some of our US guys and they ended up killing all of the other uh, the other side and then they ended up going like peeing on the corpses. 
of the other of the the enemy mm-hmm. or our guys did and somebody was filming it and like all those guys got uh court martial got court martial uh, for doing that that's weird yeah and so it's just you know it's, it's I just can't, it's like I can't the, sp- well, I can't speak how, how I would that react in that kind of environment if someone killed my buddy my, buddy, my best friend be, you know it's like too. literally so you can shoot them but you can't pee on them yeah it's i don't like, know i don't weird. know uh, okay, so another one that I had that I thought was interesting was, um, and this was from Trump as well. So Trump actually pardoned Susan B. Anthony while he was in office. So this was like 1800 Susan B. Anthony yeah, yeah. that was uh, one of the one right? of the p- pivotal uh, people that were partaking in or that were uh, for uh, during the women's suffrage movement uh, of of women being able to vote. So in 1872, she actually voted in secret as a woman but she voted and she was um captured and fined during that time and she like refused to pay the fine and all this other kind of stuff well trump actually ended up in in his uh uh while he was a president he pardoned her but it was kind of controversial because people were saying oh by him pardoning her that is um basically acknowledging that what she did was wrong and so how is that how is a pardon uh, well uh, i know but they're saying it's almost like that that she shouldn't have been she shouldn't need a pardon because what she did wasn't wrong and so many people are saying that what she did was not wrong so she did not need a pardon so by trump pardoning her that it was like he was saying oh well what she did was wrong but i'm gonna pardon her anyway and so many people got, especially some of these like the feminists and, and kind of... The, that doesn't the, make any sense groups. because the definition of a pardon is that it erases that guilt. It makes it as if it's yeah, basically acknowledging that the law was wrong in the first place. Yeah, but the layman doesn't know that. The layman doesn't. The well, layman, the layman listen, just thinks, oh, yeah, they should listen yeah, to our gonna, podcast then. They're, yeah. <clears throat> they're just thinking, oh, they're going to f- forgive somebody for wrongdoing. Well, I mean... So that basically, what I said earlier, so that in the, the pardon is done so that... In the, I but, so that in the eye of the law, the offender is as innocent as if he or or she, in this case, had never committed the offense. Yeah. Well, maybe we should have. Maybe we should have. That goes this back podcast to podcast we three years ago. That's what we were talking about earlier when um, we were talking about the, the the draft dodgers, or no, we were talking about marijuana and if people who are still in jail. So it's like if someone yeah. is in jail still today for voting back and for voting prior. It's like before would, women were allowed would, to would vote. We, yeah, would we like, still hold them in prison or would we recognize, hey, that law was bad? You're pardoned. Like, you're free. Yeah. Or is it that you broke that law when it was a law and you still have to pay the time? I don't know. But Well, if, if the laws are bad, that's, that's I would say that's only under the assumption that our laws are the highest of high and yeah. they can never be wrong. Because I, I think if you have that mentality that the, the laws of the land are like, laws of golden laws of god then you get into a space where it's like well they broke the law you know i guess it's like well the laws can change like mm-hmm. i think and, and there are bad things that you, that the laws allow just because the laws allow it doesn't mean you should do it and there are things that you sh- that the law doesn't allow to, so we that can't necessarily fine, we can't yeah. look at the laws for a moral compass yeah that, that that's a good way of saying it um I had one more. If you had yeah. another, no, I, I didn't have any more. So, so the last one that I had, I thought was kind of interesting. That, uh, so you know the whole like uh, Watergate, Richard Nixon scandal, um, yeah. where he had uh, supposedly 
right, hired some people to go into the Democratic building and destroy some documents and, you know, the whole Forrest Gump thing. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like, there's guys with flashlights yeah, over yeah. there, you know? Um, Someone's going <laughs> to... <laughs> so, basically... Richard, well, he was, like, wiretapping their offices, Democratic... Yeah, he was doing all kinds of stuff, just in withholding information, yeah. and uh, I don't understand everything that happened with it, but it, it was fishy, right? And so, uh, facing the threat of impeachment... From the Watergate scandal, Richard Nixon resigned on August 20th of 1974. Mm-hmm. And when he resigned, so he basically he resigned so he wouldn't be impeached. Yeah. So he resigned and his vice president, uh, Gerald Ford, took the presidency office. Um, and a month later, Gerald Ford, uh, basically the whole nation was shocked when he announced, oh, I'm going to fully pardon Richard Nixon. And For what, though? For... Basically, he pardoned him uh, like preliminarily because there was he was in, under like indictment and there was they I mean he was like uh, uh, the but it was pre impeachment so it says in the constitution you can't pardon from impeachment that's the, it, it, accepting in one impe- well he wasn't actually impeached I mean yeah, he, yeah. he he uh, he stepped down and so Congress was actually preparing to investigate him and there was some obstruction of justice charges that were already in place on yeah. on him and uh but but Gerald Ford decided that he would it would it would only further polarize the country if um he potentially went to prison and so he his vice president a month later just just pardoned any of those obstruction charges that were outstanding and hmm. said no nah, that's not a big deal and then basically congress just uh was they just gave up they were just like okay interesting whatever. how far we've come and you know, he he was wiretapping some Democratic headquarter offices, and people were out for blood. And then, literally, the Clintons pay an ex-spy to write up a dossier to give to the FBI. Then the FBI used the the Patriot Act to get a Pfizer warrant on to tap, to tap Trump, all of Trump, all and of everything Trump else stuff. He had. And it was all false. And it was all from the fa- beginning. fake from the beginning. Hmm. hmm. That was Obama too that was doing that. Yeah, and he approved that, and nothing ever happened to that. Yeah, well, we live in crazy times, man. Yeah, we do. Anyway, the president. This episode is supposed to come out around President's Day, so uh, kind of cool. There's been some great, uh, some great pardons, some great presidents that have done some great things. There's been also been some uh, some fishy instances, but there also has been there's been some fish, there's been some mercy too. Yeah, uh, I so, think I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah, so. Anyway, it's just part of. I, I think it's. Uh, I think Alexander Hamilton is probably doing somersaults in his grave right now with some of these things that are coming out <laughs> and the way some of these things are being done. But I think that he could foresee things like the Civil War uh, and how that was a needed thing to 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 mend the nation. I think uh, the Buchanan pardon of the Mormons was a critical part about expanding west. Uh, that needed to that unity needed to happen. Yeah, western expansion for the whole country. Yeah, as a, exactly. as a whole. So, uh, there, there's been some good out of it, but there's also been some shadiness. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, if you like this episode, leave us a comment. Um, leave us a like, uh, follow us on a Instagram review. and we'll yeah. usually post some pictures and some interesting stuff. So yeah. Love all right. Well, ev- everyone out there, uh, let's build our creed together. Let's do it. <laughs>